Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Scaredy Chat. My name is Caitlin. And I'm Monica. Hey, Monica. So it is September, which means it is almost October, which means it is almost spooky season. Depending on how early you celebrate, I suppose it could be spooky season now. But this week, we wanted to revisit our chat with Marquia McCarty, who is the host of our sister podcast, Something Scary. But first, I have a question for you. You know, my favorite thing to talk about is your sleep paralysis because it is so spooky and it's not happening to me. So that's fun. Um, But yeah, I would just love it if you could tell me, like, how is that going? I know you said you had an experience this week that uh, that was pretty freaky. So please elaborate. Yeah, I I actually haven't had it in a while. Like, and I will go through phases where it goes away for a very long time. Like I can go up to three months with nothing and then I'll have it for four days in a row and then go back to not having it. So I was on a a hot streak of not having it, which is great because sleep is one of my most cherished activities. But um, I did have some sleep paralysis this week, a couple of days ago. And I have kind of noticed that I think it's worse when I sleep in the middle of the day. Um, it It was in the weekend and I was taking a nap and... My cat was asleep on the foot of my bed, Emo. He sleeps when I sleep. So we were both taking naps. And I was just having, like, the the angle I was lying at, I was facing the door to my bedroom, which is always shut because there's two doors into it. So I just leave one closed and there's, like, a bunch of clothes against it or whatever. And it has a mirror on it, which is not good for sleep paralysis. I've read many times that if you have problems with that, you really shouldn't sleep facing a mirror because um, part of sleep paralysis sometimes is that your eyes are actually open. And if you're staring at yourself, it's even worse. (laughs) That sounds so scary. And I would have never thought of it. Yeah, me either. But like, it totally makes sense. Like if, if your mind, you're seeing yourself, it's just giving your brain more fuel to like warp it into something worse. That is what happened in this case. I am probably going to take that mirror down now after this happened. Like, I, think, I don't think I can be on that door anymore. But I was lying in bed and I'm, I'm, I think I'm awake and I'm looking at the mirror, but it feels like I'm looking through it to the living room. 
Nope. And nope. I mm. see like an evil me, like standing there looking at me. And it's and I'm like trying to like talk to it. Like, what is what are you? I can't talk. I can't move. And this other version of me is just staring at me. And it's not happy. It was very, um, very a la us, you know, like the Jordan Peele movie. It was very much like that. But in that version, like, they didn't just stand there. Like, they came up to you and killed you. You know, like, they, yeah. <laughs> they were very yeah. active villains. Like, they weren't just, like, still. Um, Surprisingly so, actually. I wasn't really expecting that from that movie. I don't know why. I don't know why I didn't I think they were going to hurt them. I it's like, they're not. You know, but they were so, like, yeah, they were very, you know, involved <laughs> uh, physical acting with these, with them. Um, and, yeah, so the other version of me is just standing there. And I'm, like, trying to, like, I'm trying to, like, wake up Emo, my cat. And I'm, like, I don't know why I think this is going to fix something. Or that maybe he'll, like, attack it. He absolutely wouldn't. But I'm just, like, I'm trying to, like, move my foot to, like, wake him up because he's asleep on my foot. And I can't. And he's not moving either. And I'm, like, oh, my God, Emo's dead. That thing killed Emo. But he's just asleep. And, like. And it's just like me staring down me with my cat in between us, hoping that my cat's going to like leap into action and fix this. He's not. And it was just that for like probably not very long. It felt like hours, probably more like a minute. (laughs) But eventually I found that if I just like keep trying, eventually I can jerk myself out. And it's like, a you know, and then you like sit up or whatever. And of course I eventually do that. And, not only is like, I was so disoriented because this door wasn't even open and I thought it was. There's obviously nothing there. I'm just, it's just my own room. And then I also, while I was in the sleep paralysis mode, I'm, there was that part, but I also felt like there was someone outside my window trying to like break in. So Wait, was there? I don't think so. Honestly, it was probably one of my neighbors walking by because there's always people walking through the courtyard and it's right by that window. So somebody probably just walked past me and I took it as they're trying to break in. So that was the other layer to it. It was like, first there was demon me, but then there was also like a criminal trying to break in through the window. So I just need to, the moral of the story is I can't trust myself to nap. I have to like not nap during the middle of the day. The moral of the story is naps are bad and I shouldn't take them. But I guess it would be weird to have like sleep paralysis on a plane. Oh like, my that'd be God. horrible. That has, right? that has happened to me before. And it is, it's horrible because it's happened to me on a plane and it's also happened to me on a really long car ride. And that one is the worst because when I, when you're asleep sitting up and then you, you slump over, right? It's so like your neck and it hurts, you know, it's very uncomfortable. What will happen is I can't pick my head back up and I'm very, oh. and like, I'm very aware that this is happening. And I'm, it's like, it's like agony in this, in this version. It's like, like being tortured and I cannot pull my, my neck up. Like I can't straighten my neck. And like, I'm just like about to cry. Cause all I want to do is like pull my head up. So I kind of like with an, anytime I'm traveling with someone, I'm like, disclaimer, if you see me slump forward like that, wake me up. Like, please wake me up. I can't move. I can't do it. That's so unbelievably terrifying. And I'm really sorry. I have another question. Question. If you could erase it with a magic wand, all your sleep paralysis, would you do it? 
Like, like, does it make you unhappy? Or or is it kind of, like, cool? Because, like, I I honestly think it's kind of cool. Like, it's interesting. It's scary, probably. But it's kind of cool to me. You know, I have to agree with you. I I, I think it sucks while it's happening. But when it's over, it's fine. It, It doesn't, like, linger. For me, anyway. Maybe for some people. But, like, the fear doesn't linger once I'm awake. So, I don't, I don't. I guess in a weird way, yeah, I don't mind mind it. You know, like I'm I'm always trying to fuel or I'm always trying to what am I saying? I'm always trying to dig through my own life for creative content and creative energy. And I feel like sleep paralysis thing, like eventually I hope to make a movie about that. Like I know sleep paralysis is kind of a topic that comes and goes. And honestly, the haunting of Hill House did it really well. So not sure I'm gonna top that, but I do hope to eventually, you know, make something about it. It is weird that it doesn't stay with you. Like, obviously, we talk about it a lot, but it doesn't stay traumatic to you, which is a good thing. It's like you kind of get all of the perspective so you don't you don't actually feel the fear, which I think is really interesting. But, yeah, definitely good creative fodder. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I, and I feel like, again, in The Haunting of Hill House, like, the way that they portrayed Nell to have it. If that shit was happening to me, yes, get rid of it. Like, I don't want it. But she, it was so, like, obviously she was being haunted by herself. But it was very much, like... <laughs> Spoilers, <laughs> Spoiler, but yeah. But it was, you know, it, it would really affect her when she wasn't sleeping. And, right. And that would be too far for me. So sleep paralysis isn't actually uh, such a bad thing in your life. Um, if anybody else has any sleep paralysis stories, we would love to hear them. And hopefully uh, you're not... So traumatized. Who's to say, though? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome to Scaredy Chat, everyone. And I am super stoked about today's guest. She is the host, narrator, and story editor of the Something Scary podcast. She is Snarled Fam. Everybody, welcome, Markia McCarty. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> welcome, Markia. Glad to be here on Scaredy Chat. Yes. Thank you so much. We are so excited to have you because you have been bringing scary stories into our ears. But now we're finally going to get to hear one that's very, very personal to you. So very excited. And I have to say also before we really get into your story that the trailer you did for Scaredy Chat was 
amazing. It was so smooth and like spooky. And Caitlin and I were like, oh my God, this is amazing. We were in love with it. We listened to it over and over and over again because we love the sound of your voice. I know. You have, <laughs> you have such an amazing voice. I was actually going to say that before we started, but you have the best voice. It's like just the right amount of smooth for like, especially like a scary story or introing a new spooky adjacent podcast. So we're very <laughs> thrilled to have you here. But yeah. Oh, thank you. I'm so I'm so glad that y'all y'all like that. No, we're we're so excited to have your your podcast being part of Snarled. I mean, I say we, but it's like I'm excited. I, I like that you know uh, Snarled is growing in different ways, and I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, hearing your episodes. And and then I was like, oh yeah, I'd love to be a guest on there. So, Marquia, I feel like you are obviously the best person to just jump into this, but. We asked you what the thing that really terrified you in childhood was. And uh, you came back with, I think, a, a fear that many people have. I know that I'm not super comfortable with <laughs> with the thing that you said that you were scared of. Um, yeah, same. But yeah. Why don't, we, uh, why don't we just get into it? Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Uh, sure, most definitely. Uh, I, I will have to preface and say that this isn't my absolute number one fear because that is something that I do not share. Uh, because once you put that out there, then it does manifest for you. But this is one that I run into semi-frequently and it still, it, it struck my bell uh, when I was a kid and it does now. Uh, that is clowns that are trying to be scary. Uh, in particular, picture this. I was younger. I was an avid book reader, avid there is something about a book that can transport you. It takes you into the darkest depths of your soul um, or to the heights of your victory. And there's something about reading horror because your only restriction is what's on the page. And that's barely a restriction at all. I'm pretty impressionable when it comes to book reading. So when I read uh, Stephen King's It and experienced Pennywise in that way, it hit me in a way that up to that point, other horror icons hadn't been able to reach that uh, creamy, soft marshmallow center. Not Freddy, who is one of my favorite horror icons, not Jason, uh, but no, there's something about Pennywise that got me. So then also seeing that in the movie, seeing Georgie and his little yellow raincoat running down this rain-filled street, just trying to chase this wax-covered boat that his bigger brother had made for him. And then to see those glowing red eyes that are just peering out of the grate, to hear that voice calling him forth, drawing him closer until he reaches out his hand and then it's too late. That will get me every time. I am hypnotized when you talk. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, Marquia, I could, I could literally, you could read me the phone book, and I would be like, yeah, like 
continue, please. Let's get all the way A to Z. Go. Like, incredible. <laughs> you have such I, an incredible I, voice. You really do. Oh, my God. You really do. But I feel you on this one because I don't like clowns. I've never liked mm. clowns. Even before, I read It the summer before high school, and I was so scared as well because it's I think the reason it hits so hard is because that book leaves so much room for the imagination of what it looks like. There's some loose descriptions, but it's really up to you to decide. And like Caitlin and I were saying a little bit earlier, you can imagine any what you imagine is always going to be infinitely worse than what someone else could create visibly. So like if you were to watch a movie, that's what it is. But if you're reading something, you can create the scariest version of it in your own head. And that's why it scared me so much when I read it that summer. And it it was like, I was horrified and I still couldn't stop. So it was just getting (laughs) worse and worse and you're doing it to yourself. Um, But yeah, that, that book is messed up. And I know it's like Stephen King's cocaine fever dream, but it's pretty (laughs) scary. It is. It's super scary. And, you know, there have been so many versions of it, or not so many, I guess, but there's been two big mainstream versions of it. There's the miniseries with Tim Curry as Pennywise, and then there's Bill Scar- Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise in the uh, the two films that came out a couple of years ago. Um, I'm curious if, if you read the book before you had seen the miniseries or the films and was it scarier than you thought it would be? Or was it not as scary as you thought it would be? Um, what was your the difference, I guess, for you? Well, you know, there there's there's having a, a nightmare in your own head, and then there's seeing someone else's version of your nightmare. So it doesn't mean that it's necessarily less scary. It's just not necessarily the the touch points that kept you awake at night. That doesn't mean it's not good. Um, I like both versions of them. And uh, and even though the Tim Curry one, of course, with uh, with technology being what it was then compared to now, you know, you 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 can't watch it and expect for it to be the same as the actual it that you can see with volume one and volume two. However, that being said, Tim Curry is an amazing Pennywise. Yes. Literally that scene with him under the bleachers with uh, the child coming towards him. It's, it's, it's that because everybody knows how quiet it can be under the bleachers when you're on a, at a football game. It's like, it, it just, it hits on so many levels and I, I steadfastly believe that Pennywise is the reason why I'm not, uh, I don't like clowns. Well, it's like, they're okay. I, they're very nice people. You know, I have friends. I have <laughs> friends that are professional clowns. And I'm not saying anything about them. But yeah, no. Not uh, for that's, you. That's, that, yeah, that's a not for me, dog. No, <laughs> I think and- that... Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, I think that the clowns that we, you know, that we see in uh, in movies and stuff have really ruined it probably for your friends who are clowns because clowns are actually incredibly talented performers. Usually they're gymnasts, comedians, Incredibly. hybrids, mm-hmm. but all we think of, or maybe not all we think of, but probably now. The first, first <laughs> yeah, thing, maybe. The first Killer thing. clowns from outer space. Yes. Pennywise. Like, 
it's it and John Wayne Gacy. Like, that's what I think of when I think of clowns. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he also really ruined uh, clowns for people. Definitely. John yeah. Ga- yeah, John Wayne Gacy was not not a good for not the it. clown community. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, we also, we obviously must speak of killer clowns from outer space because, you know, Monica and I have talked already a little bit on this podcast about the movie Mars Attacks, which is a comedy and similar to killer clowns. It is a, you know, aliens coming down, ruining humanity and all these messed up ways, but it's supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be something it's that... It's supposed to be like a commentary <laughs> on the destruction of man and our own mortality. And it's like, no, this is fucked up and scary. Like, it's, it's lost on me. I, I don't... It doesn't I work know. for me. I know. I know. It's like a... It, it's a look back similar to, I think, Killer Clowns in Outer Space, like these 50s uh, alien movies also. And I just feel like it... Because it's supposed to be funny, it almost makes it more disturbing. Um, so yeah, Marquia, please enlighten us. How, what was your first experience watching that movie? And how did it differ from from it? Because they are very different clown projects. Yeah. Uh, well, with Killer Clowns from Outer Space, um, well, I started horror when I was very young, but um, my dad loved all the classics. So he had it in his collection and eventually it was just a matter of time before I would end up watching um, that, that movie. And when I was watching it, I mean, talk about a Venn diagram of horror. You have clowns plus aliens that eat you. <laughs> like yeah. that's, that's, that's that right there. Uh, in particular, the scene that really got to me was that they literally were making people into cotton candy and then eating them. And I love cotton candy. It's all sugar. Who wouldn't love it? It's the best food. Oh my God. Yeah, I I hate that. I hate that so much. You sent that over email and I thought about it and I was like, "Mm, I never want to think about this again. What a messed up form of cannibalism. (laughs) And Uh, someone thought that was hilarious. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, And a way that it differed for me was because, well, with Pennywise, at least he looked normal until he no longer did. While with the killer clowns, they were horrific from the get-go. And then it got worse. So there was no there was no um, release valve, like no pressure valve release when it came to killer clowns. It was just always in your face um, gonna get you, gonna get you. We're here, kind of a thing. So it's like, nope, no, thank you. Do you ever, do you ever watch the um the Twilight Zone episode? I believe it's called "To Serve Man." Mm, so I remember that one. Yeah. So basically, for our listeners, the the premise is there's this man. He lands on an alien planet, I believe, and there are these little aliens. I think this is it, unless I'm conflating two of them. There's these little aliens. Um. And he's like, oh, I'm their leader. I'm their master. They have this book um, that says that he ends up translating or somebody translates and it says to serve man. So he thinks, oh, I'm their God, basically. You know, they're going to serve me. And then at the end, it's revealed that it's a cookbook. (laughs) And it's like (laughs) they're going to eat him. And that's like the whole premise. And I just I always think of that like, yeah, no, aliens eating people. There's a Goosebumps episode about that that takes place on Halloween. And that is by far to me, I think, the scariest episode of Goosebumps. 
So I feel like it's like cannibalism is a huge taboo, right? We're not okay with that in most societies, but people still want to talk about it and write about it. So they're like, let's just make it aliens that are eating people because then it's not us and we can do all the weird people eating people shit we want to do, but it's not people, it's aliens. So it's okay. I kind of see it as a, it's a power status thing. Uh, We've gotten extremely comfortable with being at what we consider the top of the food chain, you know? uh, And of course that's very, that's very flawed and very subjective also for us to consider ourselves at the top of it when any number of things can kill us at any time (laughs) and eat us. But let's say for the sake of argument, we're at the top of the food chain. Uh, It's so interesting that so many of our alien movies um, either end up with aliens coming to colonize us like we have done throughout history to um, other people or have had done to us, um, or it's they've come to steal our resources, which we have done or have had other people do to us, or it's literally having to be food for something else, something else that's more powerful than us. And however and however way that it is. And that can be like Jurassic World with like the little dinosaurs that over yeah. that overpower you. Or it can be something bigger. It can be uh, alien with uh, face huggers, you know, and things bursting out of your chest as you're just trying to enjoy, you know, your noodles uh, yeah. with your friends. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, that's that's one of the reasons why I keep on saying horror is life. Because it is literally our deepest fears, our social commentary, and then depending on the decade that you that you look at it, whatever the genre is, this is why I love zombie movies, like whatever the genre is, it speaks to the social commentary and to our zeitgeist fears so eloquently. Or, you know, it's just a slasher B movie, but it's still fun. <laughs> But I totally feel you on zombies. Like, you know, zombies are a metaphor for capitalism, right? And consumerism and just overpowering and taking and taking and taking. And I that one makes sense to me. I do not fully support uh, clowns being used as <laughs> a metaphor. Um, because they're Whatever so scary. the metaphor is, it's not worth it. <laughs> I do wonder, I feel like there is something... I don't know if it's necessarily a metaphor about anything in particular, but just the idea that clowns being evil, it's like the ultimate corruption because clowns are supposed to make you laugh. Um, And sometimes I guess clowns can have like maybe a meaner sense of humor. Maybe, you know, they spray you with water in the, you know, you look at Mm -hmm. their flower pin and it sprays you with water. But in that case, when you're at the circus or something, wherever clowns may roam, you are supposed to feel safe because you you chose to go there. You don't usually see clowns on the street most of the time. Um, and you're supposed to feel safe. And then it's like a corruption of kind of innocence, this thing. like. And also, they're just so creepy. <laughs> they're so creepy. I mean, I think that's why it's a common fear. It's a phobia. Like, cholrophobia is fear of clowns. Like, it's a very common fear that a lot of people share. Can you talk a little bit about, like, your... Obviously, now it's a huge part of your life, making people scared with your voice on the podcast. But can you talk about how you kind of originated in in this genre that now you love so much? Uh, yeah, I was a, a military brat. So and that means that uh, my mom was in the Navy and me and my dad and then later my little brother traveled with her uh, around the world. So I spent uh, a lot of my childhood 
spend teenage years like on different military bases. And with that, you basically had to take America with you or whatever was in the exchange or the commissary uh, that's like the grocery store or the main store to shop in, which was the exchange. Whatever was there was what you had access to. It was literally you connected with people just to get more stuff (laughs) to be able to consume, which is uh, one of the reasons why I became such a huge nerd of many different kinds of genres. And like with horror, um, my dad is a huge horror fan. Like um, he, I, I, I have not found the limit to what he enjoys horror wise, but my mom hates it. Oh, like, wow. That's completely. surprising. Like she can't even take uh, suspenseful music. She's like, something's about to happen. Nope, I'm out. <laughs> oh, how <laughs> does like, she do like you hosting a scary podcast? Uh, she she likes to tune into the live streams that we have once a month, and she stops as soon as I go into the first story. So she's I mean, supporting you though, which is good. Yeah, like real talk. That's one of the reasons why I talk a bit at the top of the uh, the live streams before I go into the first story because then I know that she's gonna like clock out. <laughs> That's so cute. Uh-huh. Of it. So yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but. I am wondering, like, for you specifically, like, the sort of bastardized Hollywood scary version of a clown, um, has that ever had any effect on you, like, seeing clowns in real life? I know you know clowns and you're friends with clowns and real clowns, people that, you know, it's an art. But have you ever seen a clown that you're like, I don't know about that one. Maybe not that one. Uh, Every time I went to Halloween Horror Nights. (laughs) I love Halloween Horror Nights, but they always have a clown thing. There's always a clown house. Yeah, every time. There's, oh, and there's clowns that like roam around in the scare zones. And like, I I actually, I used to walk, I used to work Halloween Horror Nights. Oh, I'm so jealous. Oh, (laughs) it's. It's a fun time. It's tiring. It's yeah, super tiring. Yeah. But it's, it's super party too because like um, the characters, they, they know how to party afterwards. I always you know, it's like said if I ever like didn't have a job or something or if I was, at, you know, doing a more flexible job or something, I would always want to work there. But I just don't, I can't, but I would love to. I think it'd be so fun. <laughs> so fun. Yeah, but I I, I can't. Ah, uh, no. I I mean, I I talk about horror. I enjoy horror. It's been a very, a very big part of my life for a lot of my life. However, I'm I'm going through a haunted house and having people like jump out at you. I'm I'm like no. I'm grabbing onto the person in front of me. I'm screaming. I'm running. Um, I, and that's, that's me in like simulated haunted houses. If I was in a real haunted house, I'd like to think that I would fight back, (laughs) but I don't know because in my, in my mind, I'm like, these people are doing their job and they're doing it well. So I'm going to run. (laughs) Have you, when you were working Halloween, uh, Halloween Horror Nights is so hard to say Halloween Horror Nights. When you were working Halloween Horror Nights, did you, were you in the houses doing the scaring or were you, did you have a different role? Uh, yeah, I, I did a number. I, well, I worked at a Universal Studios Orlando for a number of years. Um, everything from a character to stilt walker to special events person and so on. Um, but when I first started with um, Halloween Horror Nights, 
it was a uh, blade room and I was a what? vampire. Oh, okay. Blade vampire. I was like, just like blades, like knives. Okay. <laughs> just <laughs> a bunch everywhere. of knives. <laughs> we just had like dual wielding knives that we would just like sharpen like a chef. Uh, no, no, That's it was like, um, yeah, it was a vamp. It was vampire, you know, like the, the rave room. So, so we had that and, and I was a vampire and, I really enjoyed being on the other end of it, <laughs> being on imagine. the other side. Yeah, uh, and people were just having a really good time. I never had a I never had a problem with anyone, um, Halloween Horror Nights wise, uh, because there there's some uh, horror stories for people that have done things to us characters, but of course they don't last long within the park. But um, yeah, no, it was it felt great. It felt great to to literally give these people what they came in here for, a really good scare. There's also the thing of um, allowing yourself to be vulnerable, allowing yourself to be scared. We go through most of our lives with a, uh, a taught facade, and we're taught it as kids, where it's like, oh, that isn't something scary. You, you need to be strong. You need to be tough, you know, kind of a thing. And we don't really get the pressure valves that we need, which is, you know, I keep on saying, I keep on saying to everybody, therapy, go to therapy. Therapy is so great. Therapy is so great. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's also, you can find those little pressure valves in other ways. When you allow yourself to be so incredibly vulnerable while you were going on a haunted hayride or, or when you're watching a film, like in your, in your house at 3am, it's like, why would you watch the ring for the first time at 3am in your apartment alone? Always the ring, always, <laughs> always watching the ring. the ring. I really do think the ring is a door for so many people into this. Like they have nothing to do with it. And then they see the ring and that's like the beginning of like a journey for a lot of people. I mean, there's, there's a, it's so relatable. It's universal. Definitely. It's, it's right up there with um, Poltergeist, for instance, which has another clown in it. Yes. I forgot <laughs> about that. Yes. In her yeah. bedroom, right? It's like the rocking chair. Did I make that up? Is that from a it's different that. movie? Which is, Marquia, you, you know, Caitlin knows, but I have sleep paralysis. And that was definitely one of my in the corner demons. It's just a little clown sitting there. And that's actually in Poltergeist, which I really, that was bad because it validated it. It's <laughs> like, oh, okay, this is real, actually. <laughs> not just in my head. Yeah, that's another thing with horror. We are not alone in the things that we fear. And and isn't that in its own way scary? Because if we were alone, then that means it couldn't really exist, right? Because it would only exist for us. But when we see it in media, when we hear other people talk about it, there's that comfort of, oh, good, that's that's other places, that's everywhere. And then there's that realization, oh, that's everywhere. Oh, that's so creepy. And it's just that more, <laughs> it makes it just that more possible that it is a real thing and you should be afraid of it because more than one person is afraid of it. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's why uh, Samara is just, is wonderful. She's, she's wonderful. <laughs> Wonderfully yeah. scary and creepy and relatable. And she's the other thing, like kind of with clowns where she's supposed to be innocent. She's this little girl. She was murdered. Um you know, she's not supposed to be the bad, the bad one. And she is the bad one kind of from the beginning. She doesn't even really become bad. She just is bad. bad. She is evil. 
And I think that's I think that's why the ring actually really messed me up because it was that corruption of the innocence thing. That's yeah. the root of it. It's corruption of innocence for sure, like you were saying earlier, Marquia. And also for me personally with clowns, I have a deep fear of the uncanny valley. So mm. you know, <laughs> anything that looks human but isn't really I cannot have anything to do with it. Like it's kind of extreme. It's getting a little bit better now. It was worse a few years ago, but you're doing well. Fall, thank you. No. Clowns fall into that, you know, something that is a person but doesn't quite look like a person. But if you look hard enough through the makeup, you can see the person on the other side, which makes it worse, honestly. <laughs> so even though it's probably a very nice person in there and they're just trying to show me a good time with their tricks and jokes, I, I really don't have much tolerance for it. <laughs> No patience for clowns in Monica's world. (laughs) Do you want to move into chill versus chilling? Uh, Sure, let's do it. Okay, amazing. Marquia, quickly, we'll explain the rules. We'll explain the rules real quick. Chill or chilling. Chill is like, yeah, I do that. Sounds great. Chill. Chilling is, oh, that's chilling. That's too scary for me. I'm going to have to pass. Ah, okay. Got it. Got it. Okay, so I I assume you're familiar with this, but if not, uh, holding the Annabelle doll from The Conjuring, but not the one from The Conjuring movies no, that you have. No, the no, real one. No, the, the Raggedy Ann. <laughs> no, no, no. that's she smart. Said, no, no, she said no, no real quick. <laughs> yeah, that's a big old no. Um, I, I I've I've run into like displays of like the the Annabelle Annabelle and other people are like, ooh, pressing their face to the glass. We're like, oh, no. I wish we could touch her. And I'm like, I'm on the other side of the hallway. Like, why? What are you You're doing? Clinging to the wall on the other side of the hallway. Like, let's, like not, let's not... not not making eye contact with the doll <laughs> walking I on mean, the other side. If there was even a hint that that doll had anything messed up about it, why would you tempt it? Like, don't cuddle that doll. That's no. Well, actually, people... People want to f around and find out, and you yes. know, I'm like, <laughs> yes, do. I'm like, I'm good, I'm good. And somebody had they, to like make that doll for that movie. How could that person do that? Who well, painted the doll that doll? So the, that doll is horrible looking. Like the doll from the movies, horrible. But the real doll is just a Raggedy Ann doll, and they right. couldn't actually get the rights to that. But also, a Raggedy Ann doll is like not very creepy. Like it is creepy once you know the story. I mean, it is it is creepy, but it's not as creepy as like the demonic, like porcelain, weird, dead eye, blue eye. Yeah, yeah. She she um, looks like a tiny person who is terrifying. Which is Uncanny Valley. Exactly. Not okay. Yeah. Not definitely. And actually, chilling. It's incredibly chilling. And um, chilling. Well. Thank you so much, Marquia. You are a lovely presence, a spooky presence, and it's been great to chat with you today. Oh, this has been such a great time. Thank you, both of you, for having me uh, for for your podcast show. Like, this has been a great conversation. Yes. We'll have you on again, I'm sure. It's been lovely talking to you. And in the meantime, where can our uh, Scaredy Cat listeners find you? Uh, yes. Well, uh, Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Marquia McCarty. Facebook is Marquia TV. If you're into Twitch, Darth Marquia, because, you know, got to walk on the, on the dark side, (laughs) uh, with everything. And yeah, there are, there are a number of different projects that I do, uh, on a weekly basis. I'm also, 
a professional TTRPG player. That is a tabletop role-playing game uh, player. And on Tuesday nights, 6 p.m. PT, if you go to the Hunters Entertainment Twitch channel, it's at Hunters Entertainment, I am in a zombie apocalypse game called Outbreak Undead, Rag and Bone, where literally the zombie apocalypse happened in 1995, but the year is 2021. Markia, you're the best. Thank you so much again. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, both of you. Uh, Monica, Caitlin, this has been an absolute pleasure. And I'm so excited. We're, you know, the things that you're going to do with your podcast. I'm looking forward to it. We all are. Thank you. Thank you. means a lot. You're our snarled big sister. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I love that. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us here today on Scaredy Chat. We hope you were a little scared and maybe a little relieved about your fears. And if you're having fun listening to this podcast, please rate and review and subscribe so you never miss it and you're ready with us every week. And hey, make sure you follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at scaredychat underscore podcast. And maybe you have a fear and you're wondering if other people are afraid of it too. Well, we probably are, but you should email us your fears at story at scaredychatpod.com and maybe we'll talk about it on the show. Till next time, scaredy cats. Bye. (laughs) Scaredy Chat was developed and hosted by Caitlin Riley and Monica Moore Suriagi. Produced by Jeff Swimmer. Editing and sound design by Fitz Harris. Theme music by Eric Fashingbauer with samples by Jeff Zahn and Jack Lenz. And Gail Gilman is the executive producer. Producer.